We are continuing on our fall sermon series, and if you can't tell from the readings, we've arrived at the ninth commandment as we go through the Ten Commandments, and it is on thou shalt not bear false witness. And of course, if you're not familiar with bearing false witness, it means lying or deceiving or misleading because it all amounts to the same thing. And uh, this past summer, I was on a mission trip uh, in Tanzania, and two clergy that I had come to know through the years, it was very interesting because uh, the one clergy accused the other one of lying, and this one accused this one of lying. And when I was talking to the second one, he said, well, you can't trust him, he's an African. Well, they're both Africans. (laughs) I mean, it's interesting to think about what he said. Because what he was saying is, you can't trust anyone, but in effect, but you can trust me. In 1987, Alan Bloom wrote a book entitled, The Closing of the American Mind. And basically what he was saying is that truth is becoming less essential. Not that it isn't, but it's becoming less essential to people, period. Because it's not so much the truth, it's that someone might say something, it might be true, it might not be true, but if it resonates with what I believe, then I'm going to hold on to it. And if someone says something contrary, I'm just going to ignore it. I I think it's right around that time that people started using the phrase, don't confuse me with the facts. Because I want to believe what I want to believe. And so people were less willing to hear the truth, less able to discern the truth. Three years later, 1990, Time Magazine comes out with an article, Everyone Lies, Honest. It's like the African. Because if everyone lies, then what do you believe? How do you trust anything you read, anything you hear, what people say, if everyone lies? And how can you tell when they're lying and telling the truth? Well, the old line, if they open their mouth, then they're lying. You know, we've become skeptical. We've become cynical. That same year, Child Magazine came out with an article entitled, Lying is Normal. And in the article, it said that lying is part of personal development of self. Now think about that. Do you really need to learn how to lie in order to develop yourself? I don't believe that's the case. But see, we're seeking to find ways to justify and rationalize lying. In fact, if you just begin to think about what happens to people and why they fall into this trap of lying, maybe they're fearful. Maybe they're embarrassed. Maybe they're afraid of getting caught. Maybe they're afraid of the consequences. Maybe they're trying to promote themselves, and so 
They tell falsehoods, half-truths, flattery. I mean, people lie for a variety of reasons because we can all come up with them. And then we can justify and rationalize the lie. You know, it's interesting, by contrast, just put that on hold for a second. By contrast, how important truth is in Scripture. In fact, in the upper room, when Jesus is giving his final, intimate, long talk with his apostles, John 14, I am the truth, is what Jesus says. And John 17, my word is truth. And John 16, the Spirit will guide you into all truth. See, he says in that context, which the world cannot bear, which the world cannot hear. Because the world doesn't have the truth. See, now, if anyone was developed into the type of person that we as Christians would want to be, it's Jesus. So does lying Is lying really essential to the development of self if Jesus certainly developed without lies? Because he's the truth. See how twisted our mindset has become in this world. Because we feel that lying is just a part of life. And it's just trying to figure out who's lying when. That's a sad way to be. And so mistrust abounds. But there's a reason even underneath that. Satan is called the father of lies. See, the reality is, when we begin to look at Scripture and how it says that lies and deception hurts people and hurts relationships, when we really, really understand what lying does, subtly if not overtly, It undermines our trust of each other. It undermines our relationships. And so really, underneath it all, when it comes to why people lie, is that we're sinners. And unless we're willing to take that sin and expose it to the Lord, to come to Him honestly... And say, the truth of my life is that I have sinned, that I have fallen, that I have failed. That sense of growing in integrity and being willing to bear the truth in our lives, we will continue to seek to keep keep it covered. Like Adam and Eve in the garden. They hid. But the reality is we lie because we are sinners. And we fail. And we want to put the self up. And if we're not willing to come to the Lord, we will do everything in our power to protect me and do whatever it takes to protect me and justify me and do what I want to do. That's why we lie. But when we come to the Lord and we bear ourselves and we open ourselves and we humble ourselves and we empty ourselves, then we can say, I can now live an honest life, a life of integrity, a life that holds together, a life that reflects the fact that 
Jesus is truth and he is truth in my life and the Spirit will guide me into all truth. I will become a person who is about truth. You know, a lot of people in the world will say, in fact, even former churchgoers will say, I don't go to church because church is just full of hypocrites. The reality is church is full of sinners. That's the reality. And the question is whether we're willing to admit that to ourselves and to other people. Are we always trying to hide the fact that we don't have all the answers, that we're not perfect, that we fall short, which is the reality of our lives, all of us. And that's why it's important to develop this sense when we come to Jesus and accept him as our Savior, that we've borne our hearts, our lives, our failures to him. The fact that we've now known forgiveness, that we can be transformed. I mean, he forgave us, as Scripture says, while we were sinners, while we were enemies. And when we accept that forgiveness, we can allow that forgiveness to wash over us and we can begin to take that to the world. To recognize that there, there are lies. People are false. But at the same time, there are false prophets. So people have been lied to and then they deceive themselves. And we need to be, begin to bring the truth because first and foremost, we have found the truth and we live in the truth and we witness to the truth. So our lives are transformed by Christ. It hurts relationships if we're not people of the truth. Because how can you trust me if I am lying to you and you're not sure when I'm lying? How can we trust each other if we're not honest with each other? And we know that. We can count on that what someone says is true about their life. See, because love flourishes when there's trust. And when there's no trust, when there's mistrust, relationships begin to fall apart. And in fact, not just relationships, we hurt people. Scripture over and over again, Proverbs in particular, but throughout the Scriptures it talks about how lying hurts people. It hurts our relationship with God. If you, if you read or saw the reading from Acts, it says, you've lied to God. You've deceived yourself. You're not being honest, and so you've lied to God, and then you're willing, certainly, to take that lie into the world, because if you're willing to lie to God, and we've got to break that cycle. The Proverbs talks about being honest as part of wisdom. And it's certainly a part of love if we're going to grow in those love relationships. You know, when my kids were around five, seven, something like that, this is back in the day of landlines, before cell phones. Do you remember that? Some of you don't. And this is back before we actually got a phone system where we had three phones in the house. We actually had one phone at that point, and it was in the kitchen, just like I grew up. That's the way I grew up. One landline phone in the kitchen. And I will never forget, someone called the house one day, 
And one of my children answered the phone. And then all of a sudden this voice cries out, Dad, are you here? Dad, are you here? I don't even know where they learned that. But you know, obviously, (laughs) the person can hear. (laughs) Dad, are you here? But it was really fascinating. Dad, are you here? And I thought, of course I'm here. So I took the phone. And if I couldn't take the phone, because it happened like two or three times, I was doing dishes or I was coming in from doing yard work or I was watching the Steelers, I couldn't take the call. (laughs) But then I would say, take a message, I'll call them back. Finally, after it happened, I think like three or four times, I got the children and I sat down with them and I said, look, if you're willing to lie for me, then you're willing to lie to me. So we're not going to lie. Think about that. If we're encouraging people to lie for us, then we're basically saying to that person, lying's okay. Lying's a part of our relationship. And that's why I did not want my children lying for me. Because I wanted them to understand that lying is wrong. And that we're not going to play those games. And I wonder how many times we do that. We actually, either through our modeling or through words that we say, we actually are encouraging lying. Not only, again, does it hurt us, it hurts that person, it hurts the relationship, and oh, by the way, it hurts the witness that we're trying to send to a world that desperately needs the Lord. That desperately needs a kind of love where we can trust Him and they can trust us. And that's why we need to hold on to this whole idea of truth. And silence is a part of that. Because we can mislead people by our silence. We cannot be honest with people if we're not telling the truth. We can silently sabotage relationships in word or deed. But silence can be a weapon. It can be just as destructive. When we're in a relationship with one another or take it to a different level, when we are interacting with people of the world and we're not willing to speak the truth, we're misleading them. So silence can also be destructive. And we need to learn to be people of the truth and people that speak the truth with love. Just because you're speaking the truth doesn't mean it needs to be ugly. If you're confronting falsehood, it doesn't need to be ugly. Fast forward from 1990 to today. 
The First Amendment guarantees freedom of speech, freedom of expression. That freedom has become a freedom to lie in our culture today. In fact, in in some ways, people use it as an entitlement to lie. Let me tell you what I mean by that. There was an article this past week in The Economist, lie posting. I mean, Facebook is one of those places where people can falsely put up something about themselves, something about someone else. And there's no way of monitoring that. Fake news. I mean, we can go on and on. But let me read to you a paragraph out of this article. Lying in ordinary speech is not criminal. In other words, don't worry about it. You're not going to have any consequences. It's not criminal. Let me read on. In commercial advertising, it is. It is fine to claim that one's beans are magical, but using such claims to sell them will attract the ire of the Federal Trade Commission. Now, wait a second. If you're saying my beans are magical, aren't you trying to sell them? We play games with the truth. And I'm not just talking about advertisers. I'm talking about a lot of times people in general. We play games with the truth. Let me read on. Political adverts are exempt from such truth in advertising requirements. Well, there's a shock. (laughs) Did you catch that? If your ad is a political ad, you're allowed to lie. What are we encouraging? Trust in our culture? See, that's our problem. Let me read on. I'm not finished yet. The FTC does not regulate political adverts because the current understanding of the First Amendment protects political speech even when it is manifestly false. See, this makes me sad. But the reality of life, let's go back to 1990. Lying is a part of our lives, and quote-unquote, everybody does it. And it's a part of childhood development. That's what psychologists were taught in many circles. That we don't necessarily need to cultivate truth-telling because lying is a part of our culture. It's almost like we're saying to people, you've got to figure out when you could or should lie because you need to be able to get away with it. That's almost what we're saying. And that makes me sad. Some states do, not have law, do have laws banning falsehoods in political advertising, but several of these have been stuck, struck down by the courts. And there you go. We need to be people of the truth. Because Jesus is the truth. We need to be people of the truth because his word is truth. And we need to know what the word says so that we can begin to live the truth in every area of our lives. The culture will feed us what it wants to feed us. 
And people will deceive you and people will choose to be deceived. This is not a new problem. Go back to Cain, who on the one hand tried to deceive the Lord, both by what he said and also by his silence. Abraham, the father of faith, whose besetting sin was, was lying, as was his grandson Jacob. This is not a new problem. A besetting sin is a sin that we fall back on when we feel trapped, when we feel fearful, when we feel like there's about to be consequences. We lie. Instead of saying, I want to reflect the Lord's way. I want to know his word. I want to live his word. I want to be able to live in truth. And the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. If we go to the Lord every day and we seek his truth and we seek the power of his spirit, we can become more and more people of truth. You know, we hear these ads for protect your privacy. You know, the only privacy we as Christians should need is so that people can't get our numbers and get at our finance. If our lives had integrity, we wouldn't need our privacy to be protected. Because we would have nothing wrong to protect. Think about that. We would live as people of integrity. We would live as people who live a reflection of Jesus Christ in our lives. We could be a constant witness by word and deed. And not worry about getting caught. Because we live with honesty. Because we walk with Jesus who is truth. We need to be people of the truth because our love has its strength in truth. Our love has strength when people can trust us. Let's pray. John writes in his epistle. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, we come to you this day seeking your forgiveness for how we fall short. Lord, for those who may not know you as Savior and Lord, that this day they would come to you, being willing to admit the truth of their life, being willing to be washed and cleansed and transformed, and allow you to be their Lord so that they might walk by your truth, by the power of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, for all of us, help us by your Spirit to not deceive ourselves to not be deceived, to not be misled, but to seek to be people of your truth because we live in your word, because we live by the power of your Holy Spirit, because we live 
with you, Jesus, as Lord of our lives. Lord, help us to be those people who others can count on, whose love is strong, because we are trustworthy, because we walk with you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.